Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. So over these last few weeks, we've been looking at our values. Our values as a church. Lots of different values. I'm going to read them out for you. Jesus is our message. People are our priority. Passion is our response, which we're going to do tonight. And I really encourage you, come back tonight. Our young people are going to be taking part. It's going to be loads of fun. Unity is our pursuit. Honor is our posture. Excellence is our standard. Joy is our choice. Generosity is our privilege. Serving is our calling. Our city is our responsibility. This morning we're going to look at honor. Honor is our posture. And as I was preparing this over these last few weeks, there is loads of characters in the Bible that we could go to to explain, to look at the word honor. And to show us how we should be people of honor. If the screen was working today, up on that screen would come the title, if you want, for my message this morning. And is this. Honor is a choice. Honor is a choice. Respect is earned, but honor is given. Respect is earned, but honor is given. And as I work with the young people here on a Friday night, I see all sorts of young people coming through them doors from all sorts of different backgrounds. And you're going to meet some of them tonight. So come along, please. And some of the characters who you're going to meet on the stage tonight have been boys who've come through them doors, particularly boys, the group of lads who are coming up on the stage tonight, I'm super excited about. But I remember when them guys came through the door And I'll be honest with you, them guys had no respect for this place and no respect for the leaders. Okay? Respect is something that has to be earned. I had to earn their respect. And they had to earn my respect. And over these last few uh, months, we've been working with them. Discipline's a great thing. A thing that's missing in society. And sometimes them boys didn't understand discipline. They didn't understand what it was like to be told, no, don't do that, or there is consequences. And there was consequences. And they weren't allowed to come on a trip. And they weren't allowed to go to camp. And they weren't allowed to do this, do that. But, you know, over these last three, four, five weeks, I've seen a huge turnaround. A huge turnaround. Four young lads who took up all my energy here on a Friday night, have now become a pleasure when they walk through that door. We play football in here. And you're going to meet them tonight. And that respect had to be earned from my side and from their side. But honor is different. Honor is a choice. We're going to look at one of the characters in the Bible. We're going to talk this morning about Moses. And it's so many exciting stories of this man of honor that Moses was. And as God put Moses on my heart, I was excited to start and tell you some of them stories. But I'm not. I came across this little 
nugget of a story in Numbers. And we're going to look this morning, if you have your phones, please bring up Numbers on your phones. Numbers chapter 12, or your Bible, if you have Bible, will you? Brilliant. Numbers chapter 12, we're going to look at this morning. And in the middle of all these stories that I've just um, gone through this morning and you've helped me with, I came across this, and I'm going to read it to you. While they were at Hazroth, Miriam and Aaron, who were the brother and sister of Moses, criticized Moses because he was married to a Cushite woman. Now, that is translated as an Ethiopian woman. So they were Hebrew. She was Ethiopian from Africa. And they were sitting and they were criticizing Moses. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. I want you to underline that. I'm going to read it again. But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. So immediately the Lord called Moses and Aaron and Miriam and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam he called, and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak them to you in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all of my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? Let's look at that again. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The Lord was angry with them, and he departed. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam. Her skin was as white as snow from leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for this sin. We have so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby, already decayed at birth. So Moses cried out unto the Lord, O God, I beg you, please hear her, please heal her. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had done nothing more than to spit in her face, wouldn't she be defiled for seven days? So keep her outside the camp for seven days, and after that she may be accepted back. So Miriam was kept outside the camp for seven days, and the people waited until she was brought back before they traveled again. Then they left Hezroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. I don't know if you've heard that story before. Hands up if you have. If you've heard that story before. No? Not a hand up. Maybe one. And I'll be honest, I hadn't heard that story before either. I've heard lots of exciting things about Moses, but I hadn't come across that story before. But I could totally relate to it. I don't know if you've ever done it. I have. And I'm sure most of us in this room have. We see something that we mightn't agree with, or we see something that somebody is doing, or we look at someone, and then we sit there, have you seen her? Have you seen who he's marrying? Have you seen what she's wearing? Have you seen what he's done? What did it say right at the start? And this was a huge reminder. 
for me, a huge reminder. There in verse 2, but the Lord heard them. I want to remind us this morning, and this has been a real reminder to me. Pete used lots of big words last week for Scrabble. I'm going to try and outdo him this morning. And I'm not a doctor. You know, God is omnipresent. Omnipresent. Pete, how many letters would I get for that in Scrabble? Do you know what that means? That means God is everywhere. And in that situation, Moses, the mighty leader of the children of Israel, who struck rocks and water came out of, who stood at the Red Sea and it parted, who took the children of Israel all the way around that desert to the promised land. An amazing man of God. A man who deserved honor. And what was his brother and sister doing? Go, seeing who he's marrying? And you know, this morning, this might be for somebody, and I hope and pray it isn't. You know, God is a lover of all people. No matter the color of your skin, no matter the country you're from, no matter your culture, God loves and cares for everybody. And if there's anybody this morning here who's here and maybe has an attitude, I want to remind, remind you this morning towards another race, towards another culture, I want to remind you this morning, God sees. God he hears. God knows your heart. And if you want to make that choice of being a choice, a, a person of honor, because honor is a choice, we need to honor our leaders. We need to honor our friends. We need to honor our pastor. We need to honor our leaders here in church, Peter and Johnny. And I'm sure there's many decisions that are made in this church, and I've done it. And we've gone, what on earth has Phil done that for? What has he put a wall around the kitchen for? And we sit there and go, Phil this and Phil that and Johnny this and Pete that or whoever. I could put anybody's name in there. And I've done it. You know, folks, God has called us to make honor our choice, even when that is difficult, even when that is hard. Let's look at the word honor. The Greek for honor is actually spelt time or pronounced timey. And this is what it means to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weary, or valuable. I wonder, do we treat our leaders like that? Or do we go home every week saying, why did he do this? Why did he do that? Why did he do the other thing? Why are they doing that? Why did you pick that song? I didn't like that song. Yeah, we've all done it. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe it's just me. And this is a reminder for me and reminder for us as a church. First of all, we need to treat our leaders as with honor. And that can be hard. That can be hard out there in the world. When God puts people in place of leadership and we're going, why on earth is he in a leadership place? 
But the Bible is so clear on this. It's so clear and it tells us that we need to choose honor. Honor starts in one place. And it starts, I believe strongly, in the home. It starts in the home. And I'm going to take you from Moses through the Bible very, very quickly to the book of Colossians. And again, I came across this. And I hope this morning that maybe you're not sitting comfortable. I had a chat with somebody on Friday night. And believe me, my Christian walk is by no means comfortable. By no means comfortable. Folks, we're not called to sit in comfort. We're called to be challenged. We're called to move forward. You know, if you sit back in comfort, I'll tell you now, you'll soon become very big and very lazy. And life will become very, very depressing. We're called to move forward. And that starts in the home. Let's look at honor. Okay, and we're going to read from Colossians. Again, if you have your phone with you, bring this up. I want you to read. I think it's really important that we actually read the words of God to see. And we're going to do it backwards. Because sometimes I am a wee bit backwards. Okay, we're going to look at Colossians. And it's chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 21. Okay? And this is a fairly famous a passage in the Bible, a passage in the Bible that I've heard many, many preachers preach on. And they always preach on it from the start. I'm going to do it a wee bit different. And there's a reason behind that. We're going to look at verse 21. And this is what it says. In the home, fathers, and I'm going to put mothers in there too. It's interesting that they actually highlights fathers here. But fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. And you know, sometimes in our home, we just expect our children to honor us. I am your father, you will honor me. You know, fathers, that's not what it says here. What does it say? Colossians 3, 21. And if you're a young father here this morning, I'd advise you to underline this. I'd advise you to write it down somewhere. Keep it. Fathers, do not aggravate your children. If you want your children to honor you, you have to give them a reason to honor you. You have to give them a reason to respect you. So let's move on to the next verse. What does it say in the, next, or the, the verse before that? Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Our breakout guys are in here this morning. Guys, that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Always obey your parents. Always obey your parents. Even when they tell you to tidy your room. Even when they tell you to switch your TV off and go to sleep. Even when they tell you to sit up properly. Even when they tell you to say please and thank you. Children, always honor your parents. What comes before that though? Fathers, don't aggravate your kids. I'm going to keep coming back to that. Mothers, don't aggravate your kids. Don't wind them up. They're not going to respect and honor you if you wind them up. So let's have a look at the next bit. Okay. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. I love the Bible. 
Yeah? It's clear. Husbands, you know when your name's on something and it says, Stephen, Graham, that's for you. Okay? So when it says in the Bible, husbands, that's for you. I'm going to take it maybe one step further. Boyfriends, that's for you. Love your wives. Never treat them harshly. Devote your life to them. And at the minute, that's a real hard thing in our house. We're a very busy family. And I've got to confess here this morning, I struggle to do that. I would like to think I would never treat Kathy harshly. But do I devote myself to her? When you have four kids, it's very hard. And sometimes the wife is the last one to get the devotion. The four kids get it. The dog gets it. And then eventually the wife gets it. Is that what he's saying here? Definitely not. Husbands, don't treat your wives harshly. Love them. Devote yourself to them. And they will honor you. They will honor you. Fathers, don't aggravate your kids. Kids, obey your mothers and fathers. Husbands, love your wives and they will honor you. They will respect you. Let's have a look at the next verse. And when I'm going to read this next verse, remember husbands, when God was talking to us, he put husbands, okay? At the start of this next verse, it says wives. So this is for the wives. Husbands, this isn't for you to read to your wife. This is God speaking to your wife, okay? Wives, submit to your husbands as it, as it is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. God created the family unit to be a place of honor. He created a structure, a clear structure. That structure only works when every single person is doing their job. Fathers aggravate their kids. Why, why are they going to honor you? Why are they going to listen to you? Husbands, don't devote yourself to your wives. Why are they going to submit to you? And so many of us, we take the little bit that we like. Lots of husbands love saying that, don't they? They love to, wives, see what it says, wives? Well, I want to let you into the secret, husbands. That bit's for the wives. It's not for you to take your Bible and say, wife, submit to me. Why would a wife submit to a husband who doesn't love her and doesn't devote time to her and doesn't show her love? Honor is something, it's a choice. But believe me, it's an easy choice when fathers, you don't aggravate your kids. They'll do what you say. They'll honor you. They'll respect you. It's hard. Of course it is. It's tiring. But like I said a few minutes ago, this Christian walk, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. It's not a big settee. It's not a corner settee with your feet up and the remote next to you. This Christian walk is uncomfortable. We're called to be different. We're called to move out of our comfort zones. Honor is a choice. 
Honor is a choice that starts in the home. And if it doesn't start in the home, it ain't going to happen out there. Your children aren't going to go into youth clubs and respect the leaders straight away. They're not going to go into their schools and respect the schools. They're not going to go out into that world and respect the policeman. They're not going to go out into that world and respect the traffic wardens, respect their nurses, respect their doctors, respect those people in authority. They're not going to do it if it doesn't happen in your home. There's no way. And I'll always pick them fathers because that's what I am. Don't aggravate your kids. Love your wife. Do you know what? Your kids will see you and they'll follow you. They'll do the same. If you're screaming and shouting at your wife, have a guess what's going to happen. Your kids are going to scream and shout at your wife. They're not going to show her love. They're not going to show her devotion. It's got to start with us. Honor as a church has to be a choice. Honor as individuals has to be a choice. Right, time to win some more sweets. We talked about Moses and his stick. We talked about the fact that Moses gave us ten commandments. Who can tell me the first one? Young people, that's your first clue. Bethan, go. Go. No? Gone shy. Number one. You shall have no other God before me. Who was that? Chloe? Brilliant. Get Chloe a sweetie. Okay, so one, we should have no other gods before me. Number two, and here's a clue. Okay, two fingers, this finger. Anybody? Yeah? Do not bow down to idols. Don't make unto yourself any graven image, depending on what version of the Bible you read. Don't bow down to idols. Don't make yourself idols. Number three. Three, my fingers are rugby fingers. They can't even do three, so they can't. <laughs> three, yes. Don't take God's name in vain. Brilliant. Don't take no one's name in vain. Okay, number four. I like this one. Dylan. Brilliant. So we do four, and then when we're teaching the kids, it's a day of rest. Number four, it's a day of rest. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Right, number five. Okay, two and three. We've got three little kids. And we've got two on this side. Yeah. Honor your mother and father. And as I was preparing this message, the first thing that came up when I wrote in, what does the Bible say about honor? It, bring, it brought up that fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. Now, for a lot of us in here, that is really simple. Yeah? It's really easy. Our parents have been good to us. They've looked after us. And honoring our father and mother is really, really simple. But again, I came across a really bizarre story in the Bible. And I want to share this, and I believe that this morning this is for somebody who finds it hard to honor their mother and father. For somebody who has maybe spent their life estranged from their mother and father. For somebody who maybe was abused by their mother and father. For somebody whose mother or father we're not a good example. We're not easy to honor. And you know, folks, as I tell you this story, I want you to remind you, when we choose honor, it brings freedom. And in a really practical, physical way, I have seen this in my own home. I've seen this work itself out. And you'll, you'll see why in a wee second. But I want to read this story to you. 
And we're going to go to Genesis. So again, get your phones out, get your Bibles out. Um, and we're going to go to Genesis. And Genesis chapter... Let me see, I wrote this down here. One second. Genesis chapter 9. Okay, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 9. Everybody knows the story of Noah. Yeah? Noah built a big boat. He was a man of God. None of us would be standing here today if it wasn't for Noah. Because the world would have been destroyed. It would have been wrecked. Noah did amazing things for God. He spent a long time on this boat. And he got off the boat. And listen to this. I don't know if you know this. But listen to what the Bible says. This isn't me making this up. This isn't, this isn't me creating controversy. This is exactly what God's Word says, the Bible. Genesis chapter 9. The sons of Noah, who came out of the boat with their father, were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. From these three sons of Noah came all people who now populate the earth. That's us. We populate the earth. We all come from Shem, Ham, and Japheth. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he had made, and he became drunk, and he lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Sham and Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way, so they would not see him naked. Now, you might be saying, Steve, what has that got to do with honor? For me, this was a huge example of two young men who had no reason to honor their father. He was lying naked, drunk. First lesson, don't drink wine. Okay? I know lots of Christians have lots of views on wine. I'm going to stand here this morning, and my advice to you is, don't drink wine. Or you'll end up naked in a tent somewhere. Okay? You might be the best, most disciplined person in the world. And I would say 99% of the time, you'll be able to keep that. But I can pretty much guarantee that anybody who ever drinks wine at least once in their life, will not be able to control that. Noah, a man of God, no doubt, couldn't control himself. That once. And straight away, gone was the respect, the honor. The first son went in. He said, ah, look at this dear dad. Came running out. That's what this is saying here. He came running out. Dad, you'll never guess what. Dad's lying blocked in the tent. He's lying naked. That wasn't showing honor to their father, was it? But what happened next was two young men who showed honor to their father who didn't deserve it. Two sons of Noah respected their father. No matter the state of their father, these two men went out of their way to show complete honor to their father who did not deserve it. And guys, if you're here this morning and you're saying, Steve, I cannot obey the fifth commandment. You do not know what my mother and father did to me. Noah deserved no honor at that moment. Yet them two boys 
so vividly, so clearly, were willing to go out of their way, to take the blanket, to walk backwards, to put it over their father, to show him honor. You know, honor is a choice that we have to make, sometimes can be really hard. I've, I mentioned the last time I was here, and I want to tell you the story again, because I think it's really important, because the story is ongoing. Um, as, as a lot of you know, Kathy was brought up in, in three or four different families, eventually went into the care system, and all the parents that she had before that, when I first met Kathy at 16, she had three different parents, and she would call mom, dad, and it was completely, I just couldn't get my head around it. She would refer to mom and dad, and I would actually say, right, which mom and dad are you talking about here? Because there was three sets of, of parents. And Kathy's parents did not deserve any respect. The abuse that she went through as a child was not right in any way. And Kathy has struggled over the years, and she won't mind me sharing this this morning. She has struggled over the years to find freedom, to find peace. And she's gone through counseling. She's gone through deliverance, which again, I think is really important. God has moved on our lives, and those demons that were in our life have been removed by the power of God, by the Holy Spirit moving on her and, and taking those demons and removing them. But all the way through this journey... Kathy's search for freedom has been really difficult. Till a number of years ago, she realized she had to take that step, and she had forgiven her parents a long time ago, a long time ago. But being able to show honor was really difficult, really hard. Why would you? You can take that image of Noah lying in the tent. Why, why did he deserve any sort of honor? Why do these people, and I've got to be honest, the person I love the most in this world I'm going to struggle to honor their parents. When I think and see what they did to her, how do I show that person honor? Kathy very quickly was able to tell them that she forgave them. But showing them honor became very difficult. And Kathy's sister passed away just coming up to 12 months ago. She's only 49 of cancer. And through that process of hurt and pain, Kathy has been able to show her parents honor. To the point, just last Thursday, she went over to her parents' house. And her stepfather was probably the biggest culprit of the abuse in her childhood. And he's still with her mother. And she was able to go into that home. And she was able to share and sit and talk from this book, the Bible. She was able to sit and look them in the eye and explain to them, this Jesus is the one that has given me the freedom I have today. They asked her, they said, Kathy, how are you doing this? In fact, her stepfather even turned to her and said, how are you comfortable walking through this door into this house? And she said, because Jesus has set me free. You know, sometimes showing honor is a choice that is very difficult. Very difficult. But it's a choice we have to make. And what comes from that choice? Freedom. Has Kathy got full freedom? Have I got full freedom? Have you guys in this room got full peace? I want to let you into a secret. You're never going to get it till you get to heaven. We can get peace on earth. Yes, we can. But we'll not get full peace till we meet Jesus. But when we hand that honor over, we find freedom. 
we find an element of freedom that we've never had before. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.